Today, you have a chance to become a premium member of the podcast. Click one of the premium membership levels and you can get everything from a free book by an ag arts artist to free postcards to extra bonus interviews to the chance to have a piece of writing critiqued by me and a free workshop or reading by Mary Swander. So go to those show notes, scroll down and click to become a premium member. Thank you so much for your support. It's Ag Arts from Horse and Buggy Land, and we're here today with a very talented artist named Annie Chapman Brewer. Annie Chapman Brewer was one of our Ag Arts artists in residency at White Rock Conservancy in the spring of 2021, and she did a composition in answer and response to her residency, which will be performed on May 22nd, 2022 at White Rock. And I'd want to welcome her to Agarts. Hello, Annie. Thank you for having me. Now, I understand that you have a background in agriculture, that you grew up with ducks and geese and all sorts of other interesting critters. Can you tell us about that? Yes, uh, all kinds of critters. Um, it wasn't a specific kind of a farm. I guess you would call it more of a hobby farm. Uh, my parents uh, had a 35-acre lot, and I had interests in learning how to take care of animals and uh, working with different kind of animals right from the get-go. So yes, definitely ducks, chickens, had pigs for a while. Um, and maybe this all started when we lived like in a smaller town. Um, we had the usual dogs and cats, um, but we also definitely had uh, hermit crabs as well. <laughs> so just all all different things, um, and allowing allowing for that curiosity to to spark from that point onward. And you also learned music at a young age. You are a French horn player among other things. Tell us about how you got involved with music. Alongside of growing up in a family that valued uh, having land and connecting to the land, they also valued music. I grew up with music all my life. Now, I did not grow up in a household of classical musicians, mostly guitar, dobro, banjo, hammer dulcimer, all kinds of folk instruments, which was still really lovely, and singing on top of that. When I got into middle school, had the opportunity to take band classes, and that was something I was so excited about. I had an idea that I wanted to play saxophone, ended up trying the saxophone. It didn't work out, but had the opportunity to try different instruments, and that included horn or French horn. So from there, 
um, continued into high school. I was taking private lessons, and I happened to be taking private lessons with the professor I ended up studying with at Central Michigan University, um, Dr. Bruce Bunnell, and he is still there today, too. I really enjoyed working with him, so that's what led me to pursue a career in music. And from there, you went to Indiana University that has an international reputation in music. And what was that experience like? I wanted to learn more how I could be a better musician so that I could teach these ideas and all the things that I learned from Indiana in lessons. And to this day, that is working. Um, I I knew I wanted to teach and perform, not one or the other. Um, It's good to have both as an outlet and then also as a way to pass information down and inspire and work with students that need that kind of input. Indiana, even though it was very intense, which is exactly what I wanted, it's good to have that challenge, it was still so rewarding um, to, to this point where it's still affecting me. Even though I was only there for two years, it still affected me in a good way. Now I want to find out more about your composition that you created on your residency. It's called River House on the Prairie. And I, the first time I heard this composition, I completely fell in love with it because you respond to the nature that you encounter at White Rock. So I, I listened to it several times, and I was so excited, you know, because I was like, oh, there's the peepers. There are the peepers. And now she's responding to the cardinals. And now here comes the barred owl. So I'd like to hear about your process in composing River House on the Prairie. Oh, absolutely. And thank you again so much to uh, to AgArts, to Mary's Wander, of course, and to White Rock for for this opportunity. I mean, it hasn't even been a full year yet. And especially the timing around this pandemic, being able to do something like this in a safe way was exemplary. We'll never forget this experience. Like, it's still thriving. The experience is still going. It hasn't ended, which is extremely cool, and that's how these projects should be. So with this composition, I I didn't really know exactly where to start, which is exactly where I should be. I had a few ideas in my head of how I wanted to do things, but I'm like, you know what? Just be in the moment and see what happens, which is exactly Again, you want to be inspired. So after hiking around the land, talking to Liz Garst one-on-one a few times, learning more about what White Rock is all about, conserving the land, conserving the burnt oak savannas, conserving the prairie, burning the prairie to make it live again, and allowing for so many types of creatures to just thrive in this environment was so cool to just talk about because it really makes you so thankful and it also makes you so humble for what you have and the fact that this is a place that exists. And I am I know there's more like it too, but the fact that there is a place like this in Iowa that is growing all the time is so wonderful. 
So I thought about kind of turning this composition, the river house where my husband and I stayed, and making that kind of the title. Now, the title kind of went through a couple of different renditions. I at first was like trying to think if I wanted to call it The Elements because we happened to go during a time where it was kind of snowing, kind of raining, but then it was also sunny. There's the middle Raccoon River that goes through. There's these ponds where the spring peepers are living their best lives. Uh, There's the rolling hills. There's so many different types of elements. But to me, that was not specific enough. And I could still incorporate the elements into the piece. So later on, I really like the fact that we saw prairie, my husband and I saw prairie as we were traveling to White Rock and how cool that was, how open and beautiful, even with the grasses not being their full selves in March. It was still so, it was rolling hills and rolling grains, and that was awesome. So I wanted to incorporate that into the piece and as the main theme. So River House on the Prairie, that's how it got its name. We stayed in that house, and we the prairie was just like, it was just, I was awestruck, really. Uh, so that was really, really wonderful. So it starts out kind of as a sound journal, like just taking the listener and this horn player through this journey of what is that white rock? What are things that struck me as uh, as a listener, as a hiker throughout this walk, for throughout all these many walks or when we were even inside and it was cold, it was still just so lovely. The first theme is based on the red-winged blackbird, which, of course, during the spring months is just like singing till, you know, forever. And that's okay. That's, that was, was so nice, just being happy to be alive and doing their ukali ukali type of thing. So the first three notes of the composition are based on those three notes, the ukali, for, for the red-winged blackbird. exactly where I was when I thought about that. I was on the other side of the Middle Raccoon River looking at the river house itself, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can incorporate something that's similar. Is it identical? No, but I can mimic the red-winged blackbird in the very beginning, and it can be nice and slow, like you're just kind of waking up in the morning. So it's a combination of the spring is awakening through the sound of this beautiful bird, but it's also the sound of a brand new day itself. Like, here we go, going onto the prairie. (laughs) 
right around the river house, of course. As you follow the river down, you can really hear the rapids. And so that's what it comes to next. And there's these deep, deep caverns. And I'm like, yes, I get to play some really fun low notes on horn. I really wanted to show the kind of low flexibility of of the horn itself. So that's why in the composition, I incorporated the low cavernous sounds and the constant moving and fluidity of the river itself. After that, we get to some of the burr oak savannas a little bit and kind of uh, go back and forth with the the cardinal itself, too, the burr oak savannas is just lilting and it's calm, but there's such strong trees. wanted to have kind of a little bit of a strength, a quiet, very poised strength, literally thinking about Ents from Lord of the Rings at that point. And that brings us to the fire part. I did see some of the prairie fires not on White Rock, but on our way to Coon Rapids itself, which was really cool to actually be able to see that. But I learned more about the fire from Liz because it was a little too wet at that point to uh, set fire to the dry, decaying leaves and plants. So then the fire comes up and it's just like, here's this fire, which is, you know, supposed to destroy things and it's not good. Or sometimes it's good if we have a marshmallow on hand or whatever. But in this case, it brings up the fresh anew with with these plants coming up. And, and then the rain happens and there's growth in the ashes. There's growth in the rain. I really wanted to incorporate that too because that's such a spring thing, especially with the prairie and the, the importance of adding nutrients to the soil through that methodology of using the fires, but also allowing room for plants to grow too at the same time so they don't get root bound either. 
that brings us to the Dance of the Birds. So right before the Dance of the Birds, I did use a technique called uh, stopping my instrument. And it's the hand technique that is used originally in natural horn playing, where I'm using my right hand to cover and shape the sound so that it's a it's not necessarily muffled, maybe it's just a little more dampened and it still keeps a nice round sound. It's not sharp at all in terms of the sound. It's not like a pingy, but it's just a little bit more, it's just a little quieter, but it's again, a strong quieter. And so that's kind of the rain aspect, but then the growth is when I then play the same melody and I open up my hand. just a little bit louder. So it happens to show off the dynamics a little bit and like, okay, this is growing and releasing and it's expanding both the sound and the plants. So then what happens next? The birds start celebrating and there's a dance of the birds because they literally were dancing. They were flying around. So that brings us to the the peepers, which are near some of these birds that are, again, celebrating at the river. Everybody's celebrating at the river. You, Everyone should celebrate at the river. The spring peepers are just starting to croak. They're not maybe to their full like strength yet, but it's kind of like in the morning before you have your cup of coffee if you're a coffee drinker and you're like, oh goodness, another another great day, but you're not quite there yet. That's where the spring peepers were. Uh, they didn't have their coffee yet, but they're like, they're kind of waking up. They're like, uh, <sighs> like that. Um, so... <laughs> They were so fun. They were very shy. They could definitely see shadows as we were wandering around the landscape with a microphone, looking like we're interviewing whoever comes our direction. And the spring peepers came in my direction. And so they they got to have their little 
their little dance too. And every every little note is so that 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 they're that they're croaking, that they're kind of singing in a way is so staccato. It's like do 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 do. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I kind of want to incorporate that into how do I incorporate that into horn? And like, like I, I'm not going to be able to maybe necessarily sound exactly like that, but I'm like, we can kind of turn this into a melody. And so basically stretched out that staccato. And I'm like, it needs to be some sort of minimalistic pattern where each measure, it just changes by like one note. Do, 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 do. And then I added kind of a forte piano part as well, just because it it kind of breaks up the sound a little bit too. It just helped kind of the rhythm as well. And then they kind of just fade away. I'm a very light sleeper to begin with, so even the slightest sound is going to wake me up. But there's a tree right outside the river house, um, and there were a couple of barred owls that were literally cackling at each other. And I did not know what was going on. I've never heard that. I've I've heard the, who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? I've heard that before. And that's very nice when you're walking through the woods. But this was like outright, like it was kind of scary at like two in the morning. Like, what is going on? And then I realized, and I incorporated this in the music, they're outside. <laughs> There's, they don't even know I'm here, like that I'm listening. They're, they're doing their thing in the middle of the night. And so there's kind of like the thumping, bump, bump bump, 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 just like the slowing of the heartbeat, like, ah, you caught me off guard. And then it goes onward into a good night lullaby kind of asleep. And I end on a couple low notes that go, good night, and then it ends there. So at the end, I recap a little bit of that beginning, ukali, ukali. And then I incorporate just how it feels to witness all of these events in such a short amount of time during maybe a time of year that is not known for being the most beautiful or uh, the best weather either. Um, but it still was really, really wonderful. And, uh, and, and it still made a very, very great experience. And so... There's some flourishes I added at the end. The end took the longest to compose, just kind of tying it up in a way that makes sense. And it almost has kind of a, like a Western theme at the end. Da, da, da. Like I've played that in different Western style pieces before. And so it ends in that way with a flourish of like, all right, see you again soon. start kind of winding down a little bit. 
in in the overall piece, meaning getting just doing some slow reading, doing some puzzles in the hearth uh, as as everything else is going on, uh, playing Scrabble had some really great Scrabble games. That was awesome. And so this is just a wind down period, just slow and pondering. And then I fall asleep. So on May 22nd at White Rock Conservancy, you'll have a chance to hear Annie Chapman Brewer play her composition, River House on the Prairie. This will be part of a larger celebration sponsored by the Des Moines Opera celebrating Jane Smiley's A Thousand Acres. It will also include Map of My Kingdom, my play about farmland transition that riffs off of Jane Smiley's uh, book. So May 22nd, White Rock Conservancy. Now, Annie, if someone wanted to hire you to perform or teach them music, Annie teaches online. She has students from all over the world. How would they contact you? You can either directly email me, all lowercase, anniejchapman at gmail.com, or you can check out my website, which is anniechapmanbrewer.com as well. Like Mary said, um, I teach all kinds of instruments, mostly brass instruments, mostly horn, of course. I also teach ukulele. I do some folk voice, and I do beginning piano of all ages uh, from seven. And I don't know. I have a re- I have a couple retirees, so it's it's really really wonderful, both near and far. <laughs> so let me know. Just send a message, and I'll get back with you. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. That was so insightful to get your explication of your composition. And we'll see you in May. Yes, same to you. Thanks again. And that brings today's episode to a close. We were produced by Rick Brewer of Brouhaha Audio Production and had the help of Colton Anderson, our intern from Central College. We had the support of the Werner Ellithorpe Fund at the Oregon Community Foundation and the Catlio Levine Fund, which also helps fund our farm to artist residencies. We welcome your support. Like and follow us at Facebook and Instagram. Become a premium member or go to our website at agarts.org, A-G-A-R-T-S dot O-R-G and hit that red donate button. Thanks for your help and we'll see you next time. Bruhaha.